Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Tony. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 116, number two, recorded on the 24th of April, 2020. This, as I said, is the second attempt to record this episode, because the first attempt was uh, a bit of a technical disaster. Yeah, we're we're getting these from time to time, and it's uh, every time uh, equally annoying. Yeah, it's, it's extremely annoying. I mean, we've been doing this for quite some time. We, we've got our stuff uh, prepared. Everything is, is as it has been for a long time. But still, from time to time, there creeps in some weird uh, issues on one end. And since we are three people, that's a lot of, of things that could go wrong. And yeah, we, we don't want to release a, an episode if the audio is crap. So that means we get to do it all over again. Yay us. Yep, and this time we're missing Simon as well, because he's otherwise engaged. Well, I wouldn't say missing, he's not here. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, no, that's true. He is he's actually, his body is in, in Sweden, but his head is in the US. So yeah, he's... Pretty, pretty much like mine. Oh, there, oh, there you go. It's... Yeah, well, I, I've been doing lots of work for Atlanta office uh, recently, so it's been a few late nights here as well. Oh, okay. Would you say that the COVID-19 situation has changed that work, or is it the same, just the fact of life that Atlanta is not on Swedish time? Yeah, well, it's the time show, time zone issue mostly, I'd say. I, I mean, for me, the only difference is that I, I work later nights over here. So they are six hours behind us uh, in time zones. Uh, however, the COVID thing is, of course, um, uh, making issues for them as well, since they are on lockdown in, in Atlanta as well. So they are all working from home there too. Yeah. I mean, this this is getting old and it's going to it's going to keep going for quite some time. Oh yeah, it will. Even though we're getting some creative new ideas from a a specific president on how to perhaps treat corona going forward, but yeah, let's not dive into that because I'm going to lose my temper completely. Yeah, I've heard some rumors today as well. I can I can't confirm anything, but if that's true what the guy said, then I don't know how the hell he's still up there it's true um one of the things that we've been doing because we're both trainers and and simon is a trainer as well and we've done a lot of of teaching and as i said a few episodes back if you had asked me a couple of weeks back if i could do proper training via teams i would have said yeah no not gonna happen that is not the case it turns out that it's it's doable but I found out the hard way the other day that there is an effect that I had not realized as a trainer. So I'm, I'm doing AZ-900, that's the Azure Infrastructure Fundamentals. And I've been doing that course, I think it's the sixth time. I just today completed the sixth run, and I'm, I'm scheduled to do it again in two weeks. And as I don't have any interaction with my audience, I... I'm basically just talking to myself. And before you say that's a normal occurrence for me, yes, it is. But it also means that I can't read my audience. I can't uh, get any cues. I can't twitch, uh, twitch, uh, tweak is the word I'm looking for. Uh, tweak my my uh, my presentation in a way that it works better for for my audience. So this means that 
I get to do the same thing over and over and over again, exactly the same way as I've done it before. And while my students find it difficult to keep active during all the time of the training, I find that I, I'm starting to zone out as well as I'm speaking. And for lack of a better word, parts of the training is starting to become slightly boring. I mean, when I started doing the A's at 900, it was a new course for me. It was an interesting and exciting in itself. But now I know it pretty well. I did not expect that at all. Yeah, I think we were actually talking about you doing that course as a recording instead because of this reason uh, in the in the previous recording. Yeah, we we I've been against doing a recording session because then there is a no way for me to track attendance and b there is um, no point in me doing it live so to speak. But for the sake of my sanity, it might be something to look into. Sure, sure. Um, and it's I can also agree that doing uh, training kinds of sessions live over Teams uh, would also uh, mean that you won't get the same interaction with your audience either because usually if you do it live in a classroom, people are more likely to actually raise their hand, ask a question, uh, get an answer or something similar. While on doing the same thing over Teams, people are much more reluctant to actually, you know, disturb the meeting or whatever. Uh, so they, they are more likely to just not ask anything or maybe in best case, write something in the chat afterwards, just asking for something. And that also brings us to in our case, we've chosen to do these as live events. And there, there is actually a reason for that. And But I'll come back to that in a second. So the live events, the audience can't say anything. Well, they can say anything they want. It's just not going to hear anything. So they need to write in a, a Q&A sort of thing. And that is difficult. We could do it as a normal chat because we only have like 40 to 50 people. But the reason we don't do it as a chat is that in that case, they would see me as just one of four other faces. So they'd have to go right click and pin me to show, to, to see what I'm, I'm showing because I'm not uh, sharing my screen. I am doing everything through the open broadcast studio and thus through my webcam. My I, I kind of hijacked the webcam stream. So that's one of the reasons. But we're going to be teaching AZ-104, the infrastructure associate, in a couple of weeks. And that's going to be done through a normal Teams meeting. We'll see how that works out instead. Another thing that we realized was that we probably are not able to uh, do full eight-hour days like we could do uh, at a training center. Because people just fall over and die. Not necessarily out of boredom, but it is more uh, intense to sit and look at a screen for some reason. So we decided to do the, the AZ 900s in, in chunks. So we're doing either one module per day or two modules per day. So we're going to do two modules per day for the uh, 104. That means that it's going to be more time, but at the end of the day, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea, actually. I can agree with that. So what's been happening on your side of the fence? Well, um, I've been still, you know, keep on demoting 2008 R2 servers. Sorry to tell you that, but <laughs> yeah, those, those are still a reality at some places. 
but yeah, I've been doing that pretty aggressively uh, this week and last, so I'm getting there. Uh, pretty soon we'll have them all sorted out. Pretty much like the coming two weeks, I suppose. So that's a good thing. And also, uh, regarding update stuff, well, Windows 10 2004 is actually coming out very soon. Or you could even say that it is already out if you're in the Insider program. Okay. So if you download the latest preview, that will be the one that will be called uh, 2004. Uh, also known as the, what was it, the H1 2020 update? 20H1, I think Simon was talking about, right? There's so many weird names. Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, and also it's coming out as the May update. So go figure. <laughs> oh yeah. Microsoft lost a month there somewhere. <laughs> And, and this is a, a conversation that always comes up, that the uh, the naming seems to be random. Simon always shakes his head and goes, no, there is a good reason for that. And then he launches into a hideously boring explanation that nobody cares about. But yeah, he <laughs> says that there is a reason, and I'll, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, he and his conspiracy theory th theories and stuff. <laughs> Ooh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, well, it almost sounds like it when he begins describing his ideas. Hmm. <laughs> I am sensing an interesting line of, of discussion next time we, we are at the same place. Sure, but just to rope back to the 2004 update, uh, it is pretty much known that it will not be a major update. Uh, they have pretty much, well, it's the updates, cumulative updates, of course, security updates and all that jazz. But uh, talking about like new functionality, no, not that much. Um, I've heard them mention Cortana will get a larger update, uh, and it will also be separated this time from the OS, so it can be updated independently from the OS going forward. I believe they have done this for a few other applications as well. I remember Simon even mentioned Notepad. Yeah, modularizing things and, and removing more and more from the core operating system. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that also brought us into a conversation about is the operating system as a concept going away or is it being abstracted away like iOS? I mean, on iOS, you cannot touch the underlying operating system and that is not a, a limitation. It's a feature of, of that OS. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We had that uh, on our agenda last time. And what I also read was that it seems like Apple is going to be producing 12 core ARM CPUs on their own for the 2021 Mac lineup. And this is kind of uh, on the same page as the Windows on ARM and, and the Windows ARM machines coming out. Uh, what are your thoughts on ARM in general as, as a superior platform to the... the um, the current Intel chips or AMD chips? Uh, no, I would absolutely not call ARM superior in any other way except uh, battery usage, maybe. Uh, the performance is really not there still compared to like desktop CPUs and stuff, or even, you know, laptop CPUs. So there, there is a place for ARM uh, that I can absolutely agree on. Uh, however, I don't see that as a real competitor to actual uh, pro production productivity machines. So it's more more for like, yeah, like you said, phones, uh, uh, iPads, or, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tablets. Oh, right. But but not not for like serious laptops or desktops, no. 
That's going to be interesting because Apple's laptops are pretty serious. And if they are going almost all out with ARM stuff, eh, maybe they've cracked something. And we'll see. I mean, battery life and, and energy efficiency is the name of the game these days. And the idea of having a reasonably powerful laptop being able to run for a day, it's, it's kind of, I like that idea. Yeah, but do you see Apple like re replacing their Pro series or whatever, you know, the ones that cost a gazillion dollars with ARM CPUs? I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, no, uh, neither do I. Uh, but maybe the Air, the smaller, lighter ones, uh, we'll see. And yeah, I think it's so exciting to live in these times because ARM would have been kind of unheard of just a few years back. Nobody in their right mind thought that it could be a serious contender. Just just look at um, when, uh, what was the, the uh, Surface RT that Simon mm -hmm. loved so much? Um, yep. it, it never really came into its own. But I'm super no. curious to see what the, uh, the future holds for the ARM devices. Yeah, but uh, didn't yeah, Simon also bought the new one, the, the S, Windows 10 S uh, thingy, uh, tab tablet thingy at Ignite last year, right? Yep. He paid through the nose for it, but it's so cool. Yeah, that was the one with the quantum CPU thingy add-on or chipset or whatever it was called. I don't know. I'm. It might be. Yeah, it was like a custom Microsoft uh, co-developed uh, CPU chip thing. Nice. So I've had some updates as well. And last time I, I told you about a, a pretty small, almost insignificant update uh, where you can copy a visual and put it into, for instance, Word or, or something or, or PowerPoint. Um, and this, this update that just came out is on the same page. It's a small one. And it's not one of the things that you talk about the first thing. But if you were to create a report and then distribute that report to a number of people, I can guarantee that some of the people would prefer to have some slight tweaks to that report. For instance, changing um, a, a, an axis or changing a visual from one kind of visual to another kind of visual in, in order to, to read the data in, in a way that they prefer. This has been doable in competing products for some time, but it's not possible or hasn't been possible, I should say, in uh, Power BI. But as of very, very uh, soon, this will be available. It's called the visual personalization. And that means that you can tweak your, uh, your AA report to your liking, even though you don't have edit access to the report. So instead of having to ask for edit um, the privileges or asking the report author to change it, you can now tweak a few things and save it as a bookmark. And that is a, a huge Boom. It's, it's a small thing, but it is going to kill a lot of the arguments that go, I really had preferred a pie chart here. Now, nobody should use a pie chart, but that's a different discussion. But if you really, really want a pie chart, you can have a pie chart. Just don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Can you do that anonymously? Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's actually a pretty good question because this is for you. This is for your uh, use only. You cannot do the tweak and save that tweak to somebody else right now. Oh, okay. It might be doable with a um, what's known as a, a public bookmark, but not right now. So that's that's kind of uh, cool in my view. 
Okay, so we should put in a feature request then called, you know, PyCharts Anonymous or something. PyCharts Anonymous. Yeah, for people who still like PyCharts. Usually managers. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> going to start a new blog or you're going to start a new company or something? <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's another company in the Perkele Group. <laughs> no, that Perkele Group is becoming very, very big. And we were talking about the most valuable Perkele, which is you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And we also need need a, a diploma, a MVP diploma for for Tony. So I'm sure we can make that happen. Yeah, get your Photoshop ready. Yo. Speaking of Photoshop, I've actually stopped using Photoshop. Okay, what are you using instead? GIMP? No, I'm using Affinity Photo. Affinity Photo is is the equivalent of Photoshop. Affinity Designer is the same as, as Illustrator. And then there's the, the publisher one. Uh, it is dirt cheap. We're talking like 50 bucks for a license. And in many ways, it is superior to Photoshop. You, you do things slightly different, but otherwise it, it's amazing. I'm so happy that I, I found it and I switched because it's much, much cheaper than uh, Photoshop. Check it out, Affinity. It's, it's good stuff. And I am not paid to say that. <laughs> okay. Well, then it has to be good. Oh, yeah. Always. Anything else? Uh, let's have a quick look in the show notes. I can't remember if there was any Intune-specific updates this time around. Can you remember that? I don't think there was any Intune-specific uh, stuff um, at all. Uh, I can't remember that either for this time around, which is very rare, actually. No, and, and, and that's, uh, that's something that we were talking about, because we are facing fewer and fewer updates. And mm -hmm. the irony of that is that it's just not true. We have more updates than ever, but oh, they're, they're more targeted. And as we are breaking stuff out of the OS and, and putting them into smaller chunks or modules, then we either need to be looking at the different modules or it, it looks like there's no updates at all. So while in from one perspective, it's less updates now than it is usually, uh, from another perspective, it's a lot more updates. Absolutely. So you have to do patching more frequently, I suppose, just to make sure you get everything? Maybe. And that's also a reason to run stuff in Azure, to have the evergreen way of doing things. Absolutely. Mm. Well, anyway, just to rewind back a little bit to the hardware stuff again. Mm -hmm. uh, so I actually bought myself a new PC last week. Um, and I actually got hooked up in this new weird trend thing that seems to be going around everywhere. Uh, it wasn't intentional even. Can you guess what I'm talking about? I have a lot of ideas, but none of them is going to go on air. Does it contain a banana? Uh, no, uh, but the one feature that makes every computer faster than every other computer, which is RGB. So RGB lighting. Wait, what? So you, you're, you have a disco machine? Yep, it is actually throwing up rainbows as we speak. It's throwing up rainbows. Seriously, you're coming up with a lot of good names. We have Most Valuable Particle and we have Throwing Up Rainbows. Okay, so your machine apparently has a lot of colors. Is that it? Uh, yeah, so it uh, showed up as the motherboard. The motherboard has some blinky, blinky things on its cooling. The motherboard? The motherboard. 
and uh, the CPU cooler, which was actually provided by AMD, so the Wraith cooler, that has also some rainbow throw-up coming out of it, and also the RAM modules are also RGB, so everything is blinking in there, and it was like a pride festival pretty much in the beginning. Uh, but once I got the, you know, RGB software installed, I could actually just tone it down to a pulsing blue light instead. So that's all and good and well, but then I installed the driver for the keyboard and mouse, and they began blinking as well. So all the rainbows, all everywhere, pretty much. So uh, same thing there, I just needed to install the RGB software and tone them down to a deep blue, and that's it. I was just curious if you've seen this RGB thing trending, like, in hardware recent years pretty much you know when you mention it it is a a, i was about to say fad um among the the gaming community i have managed to stay out of it and i've bought a lot of hardware these few days because i have some uh, ideas that may or may not pan out but otherwise i have a lot of toys but so far i've managed to avoid the uh, rgb craze i did not know that you could have RGB coolers. I've seen the RGB blinky blinky RAM stuff, but coolers, I didn't know that. And and the, the motherboard, dude, it's, wow. I mean, back when, when I was a kid and back when I started building computers, you had to cut open your, your uh, computer case yourself and you put in a sheet of Lexan or, or plexiglass, and then you maybe put in a cold cathode ray light thingy that you needed to wire into the uh, PSU and stuff. And hopefully you didn't uh, kill yourself in the process. Yeah, those those at those times, that was really an art to be able to actually do that yourself. And most of us couldn't. So yeah, I can appreciate that for those guys back then in the days. I mean, today you can just buy everything pre-made. Uh, which I also did with the Fractal Design uh, Define C, I think the new case is called. Or it's not new anymore, but it's new for me. And it has the side panel, which is uh, glass. Yeah, what, what kind of uh, machine did you go for this time? You, you're on an AMD craze, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So the Threadripper I bought, what is it now, half a year ago, a year ago almost? Uh, that was uh, for the server machine, hosting my VMs. So this is my primary PC, and uh, I decided to go for the AMD route here as well. So it is the Ryzen 9 3900X. So not not the craziest one, but still pretty much up there. Says the guy with the Threadripper. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but that's not the highest uh, model either. And that's only the first gen, even. But yeah, it's still... The point is, it was a good upgrade for the budget from the old one. Yeah. And uh, that's the same story with uh, the new PC as well. So it's not the uh, most expensive extreme model, but it's the best one for the budget, which is then at least twice as good as the old one was in pretty much everything. That is nice. How much memory did you put in? Uh, 32 gigs. Right. And I had 16 before, so that's a double up. Yeah. And and the same went for the Threadripper as well. It, I had 32 gigs previously and went up to 64. And also a newer generation DDR4 instead of DDR3, which I had previously. So a, a, a double bump in bandwidth and in amount. And that was pretty much the case in both of these. Cool. And I think um, on that double bump goldfish... Where the heck did goldfish come from? 
so my, my mind is kind of fine today because I, as I was wrapping up my training, I said, and that was the fourth and final installment of the Azure infrastructure uh, uh, fundamentals, one of the, the um, producers said. Yeah, fundamentals. So I, I just dropped the word. And here I was going to say bombshell. And what came out? Goldfish. I think it's definitely time to end the show before I <laughs> have a stroke. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye now.